five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, guys. Um, it is, what is today? Monday night for us, Tuesday morning for you guys. We didn't get a video out to you yesterday morning. Apologize about that. Um, it has been really busy, you know, the whole week building up to the barbecue. Uh, we were pretty much in Modesto, I think almost every day. I think there's one day we weren't. And um, and even like uh, Sharon just did this amazing little setup for photos with um, uh, Haystacks and, and all this stuff. And Louie and Joe did these uh, characters. And there was a lot. There was a lot to getting things ready. And um, then finally Sunday came and we had that barbecue, the church barbecue. Uh, the different ministries had different games for the kids. And uh, just involved a lot of... A lot of a lot of setting up, a lot of planning, and then to tear the whole thing down with the help of everybody. And a lot of people stayed and helped. And But, man, it really, really wore us out. So by the time we got back yesterday after service, um, there was no way we were going to be able to do a devotional, you know. And uh, today, like today, it was just completely doing nothing. Um, we didn't even leave, you know, usually we always leave to do something or other or this errand or that errand. Didn't even leave the house today, you know, and um, almost didn't do a devotional again. You know, it's, it's a little late. I think it's about midnight or a couple minutes to midnight. Uh, Sharon's laying down and uh, I said, you know, I'm going to do a, a short video. Uh, just to say hello. So I know a lot of you guys worry, you know, and, um, you know, Sunday service, um, I, uh, that was completely unexpected. If you were able to watch Sunday service, I kind of figured I knew they were going to do something um, because I knew the whole barbecue, the church barbecue was kind of around pastor appreciation, and you know, and I kind of know the congregation, you know, God bless them. They they like to acknowledge, you know, and um, I didn't know that <clears throat> I wasn't going to preach. So um, that was that was completely unexpected. But you know, uh, you know, the whole setup and tearing down and everything it, it takes a lot. You know, it takes a toll, and and a lot of times when. And uh, we're going to do an event or, or something's going to happen. You're kind of on the adrenaline of that event happening. And then when it finally happens, it's like the tiredness, you know, everything hits all at once, you know. So um, I didn't even set up the big lights. I didn't even want to sit on that with the cross wall. I was just sitting here actually. And uh, I was reading something, and I was like, oh, I better get these lights on. And I have these smaller lights uh, that were kind of next to me, so I just turned these on and just doing a video like that, you know. But, you know, I just wanted to to say thank you guys to all of you, all of you that continue to watch and, and view and, and, you know, um, share your your Sundays with us, share your mornings with us, watching the devotionals and, you know, um, 
I didn't have a verse, honestly. I just was going to say hello to you guys. But I was thinking of, like, have I ever shared? Is there anything I, I've never shared since we're here and we're just hanging out? You know? Um, uh, I will say, okay, maybe I've never shared this. I just thought of something. Maybe it's boring to you. I don't know. Um, I remember I gave my life to the Lord incarcerated. In Sacramento County Jail. Spent 15 months there. Went to Santa Rita. Spent another year there. That's when I was in solitary. And then went to Terminal Island. And in Terminal Island, I um, I belonged to a group. or we a Christian group. We would go out. And we would take turns preaching every night. And that's where I learned to preach. On the yard, in the prison yard in Terminal Island. And... Um, there was this good brother, man, I was really close to. His name was Mauro, uh, or his name is Mauro. You know, He's living in, I think, Tijuana right now. I'm not sure exactly where he's at. I sort of lost touch with him, hoping that uh, he connects with me and finds me because I have no idea how to find him. I think I'd be easier for him to find me since I have the same Facebook, the same YouTube channel that I've always had. Anyways, um, I remember he... Um, found out his mother was dying of cancer. And up to that point, man, I had a lot of faith, you know. I was a young Christian, but nevertheless, I believed the scriptures. I believed what the Bible said. And um, I saw the, I read through the healings that Jesus did and, and performed. And so I was sad with him because he was probably my closest friend there during my time that I was there in that prison, Mauro, Brother Mauro. And um, he got the call. And here's the thing, right, is he was from Mexico. So his family was in Mexico. It's not like they could visit. They couldn't come to visit. We were in Terminal Island over by Long Beach. And and then to top it off, he found out that they gave his mom um, um, three months to live or a few three weeks to live i don't remember what it was but she was really really sick and oh man this guy it hit him so hard just like it would anybody hearing about their mom you know and um i remember he was crying and he was just down and i just prayed with him um I remember we were on the table in the yard, just me and him, and it was in the daytime. He was just crying, and I was just there, just being a friend, you know? There's nothing you can say. Just be there, you know? Anyways, that night, I remember going back to the unit, and that night I had a dream. I don't remember the dream now, but um, I remember that in the dream, his mom was healed. I never met her, never saw her, but in the dream, I don't even know if I visually saw it or I just knew, and I was so excited because I believed with all my heart it was a word from God. So I remember rushing to him the next day, and um, if I believe it was a Saturday, the reason I say that, because we had jobs, so there's no way I could have seen him during the day unless it was Saturday or Sunday. So I'm pretty sure it was Saturday. Went to the yard. I was really excited. I said, brother, 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 Mauro. He goes, what, what? I was like, man, the Lord showed me that he's going to heal your mom. You know what was, was, you know what was beautiful is the fact that he rejoiced. He believed. He received it. He didn't doubt it. He wasn't like, nah. 
he his his frown turned into a smile and um and I remember we prayed again for his mom. I still remember this. It was three o'clock. We prayed for her healing at three o'clock. This is significant because he couldn't always use the phone because when he would call over there, only one family person had a phone. They're very poor where he was in Mexico. I think he was from Michoacan. And um, he waited until the day, if I believe it was Monday or Tuesday. It was days after we prayed, but I told him, I said, when you call home, remember that we prayed at Saturday at 3 o'clock in the day, right at 3 in the dot. Tuesday came, I believe, which was three, four days later. It was his time to call. He called. They answered. And it was crazy because his mom was there, his brother, I think, and other family members. And they were so excited because she had been so sick until Saturday. And he says, she felt better on Saturday. And they said, yeah, why? And he goes, what time? Just hoping they would, they go, yeah, it was about three o'clock. The, the same time that we prayed for his mom, the same day, she felt better. So for the next month, see, here's the thing. She wasn't a Christian. He shared with his whole family that we had prayed for her healing. The mom received it because she was like Catholic before that. She received it, gave her life to the Lord, and Mauro began to speak life into her, and she was receiving it, and she was getting better. So this went on for maybe two months. And then she had been saved, she was reading the Bible. She was praying. She was worshiping. She, he had directed her some music or something like that. And, you know, they're very limited because they're, they're very poor in Mexico in a little village. And, um, you know, he couldn't call that often because not only could he not call because it's hard to connect to them, but you had to have money on your, when you're in federal prison, you can't call collect. You have to have money on your books and to use your money to make phone calls. And um, he called, and she had gotten bad again. And then he called again, and she had died. And in his tears, in his weeping, he said this, but at the moment he didn't catch it. He said that they were driving her to the hospital because once again, she was really bad. I don't remember in what way, what capacity, but she was, they were really worried. And she died in the back seat of the car on the way to the hospital. But in the very last moment, in her very last breaths, she raised her hands and began to worship God and died. And uh, man, he, I was grooming him to be a leader because at that time I was the leader of the group. He was preaching once a week, just like I was. And he was crying saying, you told me that God was gonna heal her. And I believed it. And now my mom's gone. 
And can you imagine being in prison in another country and you still had two or three more years ago? I felt so bad. He literally would go to work and go to his bed in his unit every day. He wouldn't go to the chow hall to eat. He had commissary. He would probably eat soups or something if he ate. He literally checked out mentally for about two and a half weeks. I remember after about a week, the brothers were like, hey, what's up with Mauro? What's the, how come he's not here? How come he's not preaching? How come he's not fellowshipping? And I'm like, he lost his mom. And they're like, whoa, we're supposed to have faith in God. And it, like they were kind of a little too harsh. I put myself in his shoes. I'm like, man, if I lost my mom when I was in prison, you didn't, you didn't realize what that would do to me? I said, back off him, man. Because they're trying to hit him up. Why is he in fellowship? And they would see him go to work because he had to go to work or else he'd get in trouble. And they would try to get at him and be like, brother. And he would just shine him on. I remember going into his unit one day and he was in the TV room, just zoned out. Because in prison, they don't have the speakers on the TV. You have to have a radio. And he was just, and he was just like this. And I didn't bother him. And I'd come back the next day, he'd be there again. After about three and a half weeks of him literally going under the radar in a prison, which is weird because we're all together, but he, I finally went to the unit where he lived. Because I lived in the same unit, but I was in A and he was in B. But you could travel back and forth, but I kind of left him alone. But I remember after about three and a half weeks, four weeks of him just completely just going ghost. I went over there. He was sitting on his bed, just staring at nothing. And um, everybody had a chair. Everybody, um, if you had a, everybody, your bunk, you had a chair. You were assigned a chair. And I remember going there and I said, hey, brother. And he just kind of looked at me and said, can I sit on your chair? And he just looked, staring at the wall. And I sat there for like half hour and stared at the wall with him. Sometimes, you know, the Bible says that you, there's a time to, to mourn and a time to kill, time to, there's a time for everything. And I just sat with him. And after about a half hour, I remember I just uh, said, I miss you, brother. And he just looked at me and he was like, I miss my mom. I said, I know you do. I can't sit here and say I know what you feel, but I'm in pain for you too. And um, that started the process of him coming back to fellowship. And, you know, Maybe a week passed where we, I finally had the conversation with him, and I remember telling him this. I said, brother, I know, I know nothing can bring your mom back. I know nothing I say is going to help. I know nothing. But I need to say this to you. The Lord gave me a dream that your mom would be healed. Your mom surrendered her life to the Lord. 
He gave her long enough to be saved. And now she's eternally healed. And I know that's not the outcome you wanted. But it's the reality. And the fact is this. A healing is good. But what would you choose? A healing or a salvation for your loved one? If you had to choose. Anyways, that brought him back. He continued to preach. And in all honesty, between you guys and me, it was never the same. He had lost his edge. He was a great preacher, but he lost his edge. He, he lost something, and it's understandable, man. There's a piece missing when somebody passes and can't be replaced. So because of that, I had built a belief that I no longer wanted to pray for the sick. I didn't want to do it. Because I saw how it almost caused him to stumble away from God by believing that his mom would be healed physically here on this earth. And after that, for years, I did not like being asked to pray for the sick. It wasn't until, that was in 2000 and the beginning of 07, I still stayed in prison that year, 2008, 2009. I went to Halfway House, 2009, 2010. And finally, 2010, I released from the Halfway House. You know, so a good three years. I started the church a year later. That's four years. And maybe a year after that, five years, where... um. I, I started learning about laying hands on the sick and I actually started to see people get healed. But for for all those years, I didn't want to, I didn't mind, I love talking about the healings of Jesus, the healings in the Bible, but as far as now, modern day miracles, or, or especially me praying for somebody the sick, I, I, I built this belief system that, well, God called me to preach, so that's not my thing. God called some people to cast out demons. God cast, called some people to prophesy. God called some people to lay hands on the sick. I did believe in the healings of God. I just did not want that gift because I didn't want the responsibility of praying for somebody and they still die. So sometimes I think because of past trauma or past situations, we build a belief you know, it could be tongues. Maybe you prayed for tongues and you saw three other people around you speaking tongues and you didn't. So you, well, it must not be for me. So you create this belief system or casting out demons or praying or preaching or evangelizing or starting a YouTube channel, writing a book, whatever it is, you have this belief system because of a fear, because in actuality, the root of me not wanting to pray for somebody was fear. That's what the root of it was, you know? So sometimes we got to ask ourselves, is it that we truly believe that? Or does the Bible say that? Or do we kind of build a box to give us an out, you know? So just things we got to ask ourselves, guys.
you know? Um, and because I be built that belief system because of what he went through, it makes me wonder about other people that doubt these things, the supernatural, spiritual, Holy Ghost things that the Bible talks about, but yet we don't think it happens today. And a lot of times, is it possible that it's because of something in the past that maybe we lost a loved one? Maybe, why do you think most atheists are atheists? Because they lost a loved one and they blame God for it. That's why. You know, and the fact is this, is that people die. Everybody dies. So what, is God supposed to keep everybody alive? Then we'd be immortal. And we have 2,000-year-old people because they were praying to live and then God kept healing and healing and healing. Now they're 2,000 years old. It doesn't work that way. It's not even rational. Anyways, guys, um, it's getting even later now. I didn't mean to talk this long, but hopefully uh, it's made you think and you got something out of this. I wanted to share something I maybe hadn't shared or I don't think I've shared that. But if I have, I'm pretty sure I just summarized it real quick. But anyways, guys, uh, God bless you guys. Have a great day and um, see you tomorrow, man. All right. Bye.